So if you know anything about the book of Judges, there's a cycle of sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance, and rest. But as she rests, Israel finds herself falling back into sin. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers at Israel because I'm the same. I'm the same. There are no atheists in a foxhole. So when my life goes sideways, I really sidle up to God. I'm like, wait a minute, I really need you right now. And then let's be honest, my pride and my life goes a certain direction and things feel restful and I maybe I don't feel like I need them as much. So if I haven't developed a habit of staying intimate with God intentionally through the restful times, I'm gonna fall into sin just the same way that Israel does. Welcome back to Study with Friends. We've been on a multi-series journey through the Old Testament, learning about the covenants of land, descendants, and special relationship, and how they apply to us today. For our current series, we are studying through all of the former prophets. If you've missed any part of this series, or would like to hear any of the previous ones, head to our website, studywithfriends.org, and search Old Testament. While you're there, you can pick up the homework or check out a multitude of other free-to-use resources. You can stream us when you're on the go with iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and now you can catch the ladies on YouTube. Now, let's continue in God's Word. I'm asking, do you find it useful to take those, um, I mean, I guess kind of it's a spiritual allegory. It do you? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Like not the proper use. Of yeah, I know what you mean when you say that, but though. Yeah, like uh, taking the little needle, putting it in one side, and then putting it through the other. Yes, and, like, do you find it helpful to take these covenants and these themes and use them as a tool to identify the biblical unity? Yeah. I think using the three themes was like what you needed to do that. I don't think you could sit there and be like, let's take the Noahic covenant and tie it to my life. You get lost. That's <laughs> <So> what <fast. laughs> I'd be like, okay, I'm never going to get anywhere with this. I'm so but glad. Three, like, and reading, I, th- I feel like maybe from like outside, <laughs> I'd be like, this is reading into it, but it's like, no, it's not. It's like completely relevant. Yeah. I'm so glad you feel that way. Yeah. Uh, uh, because it takes some time to unpack it and to kind of really, um, lay it out on the table metaphorically and, and examine it in a way that makes sense. But if you take the time to do it, it, the, the, the payoff is rich. Um, and I'm so glad you feel that way. That's, that's humbling. I'm so glad. Like, because you know, the work we're doing here, it's a lot of work. Let's be honest. These are one of the participants, um, to, I said, are, are you going to be able to make it on Saturday? She said, yeah, but Gosh, there's a lot of work between now and then because these uh, these are dense studies. And if if you're a person who loves the Bible and loves digging in, you should go to the website studywithfriends.org and get a hold of these studies because we're actually even just skimming over the homework. So the homework itself just skims over the Old Testament, and what we're doing right now is actually just skimming over the homework. There's a lot in there. So uh, yeah, but it's worth doing because if you can I'm so glad you said it like that like if you if we did if we weren't doing this work how how would I be able to say the Noahic covenant is applicable to my life but now you see it cross-eyed right (laughs) but now you see it or am I am I leaping but now you see it yeah yeah okay good but I do I also see what you said before you can get a little too you know with the land you can get a little too literal Mm. in tracing it to you know yeah, tying it into present day. So, what do you mean by that? I don't want to read into what you're saying. Tell me what you mean before Originally I think I say. When I mean. was just trying to tie in present day, you know, my own reflections, my own life, 
you know, I'm thinking the land, the land, like the land, the church. Well, it is consecrated ground. The land, mm-hmm. you know, it did the, my home, like the street, this house that we live in, the land. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, what the land I, I started to realize, and only because um, I, one of the questions, and I can't remember what where it is, it asked about, um, I guess, um, oh, geez, I'm going to lose it. But your own spiritual journey mm-hmm. how it ties into mm-hmm. your own spiritual journey and i you know from experience if you're thinking about the land the promised land your inner peace mm-hmm. your contentment mm-hmm. with the lord your mm-hmm. you know the relationship when that relationship is strained because you're not doing work on your end mm-hmm. there's ramifications ramifications Mm -hmm. yeah and fall out yeah yeah and i think the land is shaky (laughs) i think a good a good scripture to go to when we think about the promised land is when jesus says i came that you might have life and have it abundantly because what he means is really and and i think for a non-christian a non-believer it would be very difficult to make this connection because when we talk about a spiritual promised land what we're talking about is that peace another verse is that peace that passes all understanding that you could be living in the midst of whatever crisis and yet you have a hope that's it that's a big one and a, and a comfort and a sureness that is in Christ that is your spiritual promised land you know that you have some place you belong and that is in Christ and no one can take no one and nothing can take that away from you and, and I think, yeah, I, I actually want to say again, since you talked about home and the street that I live on, we are, not only are we not um, promoting, we would um, violently bat down the prosperity gospel, which is that um, God blesses his believers with some kind of material payoff. Yeah. We, we vi- I'm going to say it again. We violently reject that. What we're talking about is that, and I'll say again, um, I, w- I need to source this properly. I think it's Jen Hatmaker who says, if it's not true for a single mom in a third world country, it's not a biblical, tr- it's not a biblical truth. So you can't say, because God loves you, this is happening in your life materially, because then that must mean that God doesn't love her. And that just can't be true. God, and, and it certainly di- certainly diminishes what Christ did on the cross. So we, we, we do violently reject that. Um, we vehemently reject that. And so instead, we ha- so then what does that mean? We have to look deeper. What is our spiritual, what is our promised land? Do we have a promised land as modern-day believers, or is that just over? And Carol, one of, uh, one of the participants from the Pentateuch, said, well, the promised land still exists. It's a geographical place on the planet. That's true. But we don't all live there geographically. So there must be a deeper truth here that Christ came to do something, which is to provide for all of us life, eternal life, but also abundant life before we get there and that spiritual promised land then the new testament is full of ways that god shows us how the spiritual that it becomes an internal what was external in the old testament becomes internal in the new testament where god says uh things like oh i had one just in my head um Oh, it'll, it'll come back to me. Sorry. But, but everything that happens in the Old Testament in an external way happens in an internal way. And the New Testament really gives us so many ways to think about um, 
<laughs> hey, Max. Max just wandered over. For If you're not watching and you're listening, Max just wandered over. Um, gives us ways that we can apply that spiritual promised land in Christ, in the community of Christ, in the community of believers, the relationship, the descendants, um, and that internal promised land. So we'll, we'll look a little bit at the old, uh, uh, approaching the New Testament from the former prophets as we progress, but I'm glad you lifted that out. Anything else you guys want to lift out from Joshua? Okay, we'll move into Judges. I will ask, uh, oh, it's Caroline. It Do you have Deuteronomy 2431? No, I have Joshua 24. Well, no. Bella, do you have twenty four thirty one? I have Joshua. Joshua twenty four. No. Joshua twenty four thirty one. I have Joshua twenty four. Okay, so I'm going to talk about you while you're looking that up. The tight seam from the book of Joshua to Judges. So we talked about seams a moment ago, and then Caroline's going to read uh, Joshua twenty four to thirty one, which is the transition from Joshua into the book of Judges. Okie dokie. Okay, Joshua twenty four. 24 to 31 or just nope, 31? Nope, just 31. 31. You got off the hook okay. with just one verse. <laughs> Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Okay, so Caroline just read Joshua 24, verse 31. Can you tell me what you see in there which helps you in the context of land, descendant, descendants, and relationships. And I'm going to start with you because a little bit ago you talked about how we lead and how that matters to our how that matters to the people around us, to our descendants. You said it, so you were really foreshadowing this. So I'm actually glad that you got this verse. Would you tell me what you see in this single verse as we move from Joshua? to judges, what's happening here and, and your interpretation of that? So, I, I mean, Joshua, all his days, honored the covenant, um, as well as the elders, mm -hmm. <laughs> also honored the covenant. So obviously they were teaching. Mm -hmm. They were teaching. They were um, teaching by example, teaching literally mm -hmm. i would what's the first word in that verse israel second word served as long as joshua was alive and the elders, elders. who saw what god has done right so i there was going to get to that there is sorry who saw, <laughs> <it now? laughs> who saw what god had done um so what happens after right there's right. foreshadowing there right? right which is exactly it's like what literary foreshadowing head, right, right. Which, you know, yeah. <laughs> he had known all the works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. It almost seems like it needs a dot, dot, dot. Yes. Then guess what happened next? Well, that's what we're going to read what happens next. <laughs> and that's what I mean by the seam into, into the book of Judges, because it really is, it really is telling us uh, Joshua and the elders led and Israel served the Lord. And then it's almost, you're waiting for like, well, then I guess after those people, she didn't serve the Lord anymore. Right. Okay, so we see that foreshadowing. Good. Now, wh when we walk into the book of Judges, I want to I wanna clarify, these aren't robed people. 
who are uh, hitting a gavel and deciding um, cases. These are people, um, actually Bruce Waltke says it would, they, would be, they would have better been called warlords, which I thought was a really good way of describing the judges because they're, they're, they're warriors. And uh, what we're introduced to in the book of Judges is what a lot of people call God as divine warrior. And what they mean is that God makes clear in each of the iterations of the judges who the true deliverer is. So he raises up a leader, but he's the true deliverer. So if you know anything about the book of Judges, you know that there's sort of this cycle. And I want to talk about that cycle too, uh, because we talk of it uh, as a downward spiral. And the reason we talk about it as a downward spiral is that there's a cycle of sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance, and rest. But as she rests, Israel finds herself falling back into sin. Remember a few moments ago we talked about complacency. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers at Israel because I'm the same. I'm the same. There are no atheists in a foxhole. So when my life goes sideways, I really sidle up to God. I'm like, wait a minute, I really need you right now. And then let's be honest, my pride and my life goes a certain direction and things feel restful and I, maybe I don't feel like I need them as much. So if I haven't developed a habit of staying intimate with God intentionally through the restful times, I'm going to fall into sin just the same way that Israel does. So I don't want to point my finger at Israel, but what we will do, and, and I'd love for us to trace our own spiritual journey through the, the lens of the book of Judges. So we have sin which God punishes with oppression by Israel's enemies. Then she's oppressed, so she repents. And God raises up a judge who delivers her. And then the land and the people have rest, and then it becomes a mess again. So I put a whole bunch of verses in the homework for that. But what I want um, us to also focus on is, so there's a cycle, so we think about a circle. And so Israel keeps coming around and going around in the same circle. But it's not the same circle. Each time, each time it happens, uh, think about it on a different plane. So if I'm, um, if I'm on plane, I'm on a plane, you know, that's, I don't know, f- five feet above the ground. And I'm, I have, I'm drawing a circle with my, with my hand that's five feet above the ground. The next group of uh, stories that we see actually is a little bit morally and ethically below the last cycle. So what we see in the behavior of the judges is as we see the cycle of sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance, rest, when she comes back to sin, her sin is just a little more heinous or in some cases a lot more heinous than the last time she was in that cycle. Do you understand what I'm explaining? Did I do a good job? I feel like maybe my words were no good there. Is it effective? Okay, so each time Israel returns to sin, she's degraded a little bit. She doesn't come back to whatever the state was in in the beginning of Judges. And by the time the book of Judges is over, it's so, so heinous. Um, that we read a passage, I'm going to, um, oh, that's the one you have, Bella. I kept thinking you had a different one, um, which I'm going to let you read in just a minute. Um, but we, we see that, that, uh, that the, 
nation of Israel is really in a mess. And actually, I want to mention here that we did a whole study on the book of Judges because this is a really difficult book. And so if you go to studywithfriends.org and you just search the word Judges, if you're confused by or discomforted or um, upset or put off by the book of Judges, book of Judges or by God because of the book of Judges, please do that study because I I can relate. I was really confused early in my spiritual life by the book of Judges. I just didn't understand what was going on in there. And largely that's because I took it out of the biblical narrative arc. I looked at it in a silo. I was like, what is happening here? And I didn't look at what had happened before and what happened after to help me get context for what was happening there. So that was wrong reading of the book of Judges. We're trying to overcome that today, but we do more work on that study. So look, you can look at that on the website. But first I want to ask you guys, can you relate? I know that's a personal question, but I can. Can you relate to this cycle of sin and oppression? Now again, we might not be oppressed by an out-of-our-body, outside-world enemy, but we can be oppressed by a spiritual enemy, right? Mm -hmm. And then that causes me to hit my knees and repent, and then God will deliver me from my enemy. He will. And then I may have rest and forget and sin again. Can you relate to that? You're nodding your head, but we're a radio program. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you're going to need to say words. Yes. Okay, that's okay. Yes, that's very that's, much yes. <laughs> that's a deep question, and I don't want to expose anybody's, um, you know, dark secrets, but, um, you know, if you can say anything about how you relate, that's fine. I'll take it. If not, we'll just take the yes. You said something um, that's, like, basically the exact same thing. You would say, like, I I need to stay like on the track Mm -hmm. with my relationship with God because if I don't the exact same thing will happen Mm -hmm. which is pretty much like when I think about it it's like you can sin that's pushing you farther away from God you can just ignore the Bible and not do anything and not go to God never pray it's just going to push you away from God Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same not spend time with the friends who you know are godly friends people are probably like itching at the way that I'm saying that but it, it essentially does Oh, yield the same result. If they're itching, I think that's a spiritual conviction. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to just say. It's like the theology nuts might be like, are you sure it yields the exact same result? Well, yeah. it, it yields that, that w- but God teaches that that's true. You're, yeah. What you're saying well, is true. And not fearing the Lord is technically a sin because you're not following the greatest commandment, which is in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it makes me think, it's like there the times when I sin either like without realizing it and then just don't repent like I know I should or if I just don't like if I'm not on top of like honestly like last month I was just so very so very bad at like praying and staying Mm -hmm. on top of my relationship with the Lord and it didn't help that I was far away from a lot of the people that helped me get there yep people spiritual descendants you are you are a descendant as much as you have descendants like I stand on the shoulders of Great giants, <laughs> or or but just peers, right? Well, Noah? yeah, I but mean, that's what I see them as. So yeah, so <laughs> so, but yeah, but but let's not say that if you don't have a spiritual giant in your life, you're lost. Because if you have a friend who loves Jesus, go to coffee or Facetime them if it's oh, if it yeah, happens to be a pandemic. That's who they are. But because of what they've done, like that's mm-hmm. like how I see them. But it's like I can relate to that, and I feel like I'm speaking out of the world's mouth because probably everybody else would say the same thing. Is that like when I don't. Either like w- when I either like catch how I'm living sinfully or I'm just not 
staying on top of what God like wants me to do in terms of my relationship with him, I will do exactly what, like basically exactly what Mm -hmm. the scripture describes the Israelites as doing Mm -hmm. happens to me is like, I just kind of continue to fall. And like, I find my, it's not fulfillment, but like I look to other things for yes, fulfillment. Yes. And like I just, like I have, I'm lazy towards the Bible. And like I don't want to go do this. And like I don't want to get out of my house and go to a study mm-hmm. or log on a Zoom. That's no excuse. <laughs> Logging on a yep. Zoom for a study. And, and what it ends up getting me is just like I'm depressed or I'm tired. And like I don't, like I'm, there's no joy. There's confusion I don't feel like I have direction and what I'm a loss of hope yeah a lot of people experience yeah it's not obviously it's not exactly the same thing as some of the things in judges but it you know but there's you're you're bringing the spiritual context out yeah it doesn't have to be a perfect perfect parallel right you know what we're going to see as we move forward is also how God emphasizes worship Mm -hmm. so he talks about the high places and he talks about um honoring him only as God. And we see as we go through judges, especially into the Kings, what are you worshiping? Mm -hmm. And this is a spiritual outcropping. I'm thinking about that as you're saying what you're saying, because what you're saying is a a teeny tiny worshiping sleep over getting up or being on the couch. I mean, that's an act of teeny tiny worship because I'm saying self instead of the intentional habits that I have that I know draw me closer to God, that I know keep me in a spiritually healthy place. It's the other side of the coin that I just brought up. So, (laughs) Yep. I thought that was great. Thank you for saying that. And so actually my next question was, can you note ways you identify and break this cycle? But I think that Bella just covered it. Oops. (laughs) Is that that habits, the the habits that we know, and when we don't keep them, Mm -hmm. we know where that leads, but we... We allow ourselves to get out of good habits and into bad habits anyway. I mean, you could go more detailed with stuff like pride and like choosing to be blind to things and like not listening to. This is the Proverbs 12 is like if the fool plans his steps or yeah, the fool plans his way, but the Lord establishes mm-hmm. his steps. <laughs> I'm butchering it. No, you got the but gist. It's in the blunder. <laughs> always so thankful for how timeless and timely God's Word is. Thanks again for joining us on this multi-series journey studying God's covenantal promises throughout the Old Testament. We are a weekly Bible study just like you'll find at your local church. If you aren't in a study like this one, we encourage you to join one. Make sure that the church is teaching from the Bible in every situation. In Matthew 10, Jesus sent out his disciples to preach the gospel, instructing them, freely you have received, freely give. We take that command serious here at Study With Friends, so we have created tons of resources on our website that are all free for you to use. They're at studywithfriends.org. Much like the disciples who relied on the generosity of a host, we are 100% donor supported. If you have been particularly blessed by our ministry, would you consider making a donation? Monthly partners are especially helpful to us and no amount is too small. If you are willing to give it, we would be grateful and blessed to have it. You can donate on our website one time or become a monthly partner. That's at studywithfriends.org forward slash donate. We would love to connect with you and hear how your walk is going. We also love to get prayer requests from you. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or if you prefer, you can email us at info at studywithfriends.org. Remember, you can stream us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Plus, you can now see our studies on YouTube. 
No matter which way you choose, we hope that you will connect with us. For now, we hope you'll join us next time when we study with friends. Music